In this episode, I want to talk with you about what's greater than Zoom. Like if you're doing presentations, how can you go next level? We'll talk about that in this episode. Discover how video can help you achieve your sales and marketing goals. It all starts right here in Todd Hartley's Video Marketing Mastery. All right, all right. So look, I'm in my office slash studio right now and... One of the things that we did at the old Wirebuzz office, for some of you that know, we moved out of our office and didn't renew after I was like the only person in all that massive square footage for the last year. And I've got a little studio and an office across the street or down the street or something close to that. And we rebuilt our studio setup. This conversation is going to be how I do my presentations for like Tony Robbins or any of these big events or clients when we're doing our trainings, teaching people how to sell remotely. But what I really want to talk with you about is how you can do a more compelling presentation than just on Zoom and use multiple cameras and increase your lighting and level up your audio. And who better to have this conversation than Wirebuzz's director of post-production, Chad Stafford. Chad, what is up? How's it going, Todd? So nice. I've got Chad in the office with me today. I mean, you know this world, everybody. We're all like remote, right? So Chad dropped in this off in the office today because he was working with one of our clients and building the same setup for them that he did for me. And I figured while he's here, I'm going to grab him, pull him onto the Toddcast so you can learn from this also. Now, Chad, one of the things that we did is we just decided we wanted to make it more interactive, more visual, more compelling. So walk me through, if you would, the technology that we got that allows me to use multiple cameras and switch between my slides and multiple cameras and do it in such an effortless way that it's really almost like television for people. Yeah, not a problem. So if you look at streamers these days, which I know there's not a lot of gamers that are, might be listening to this podcast, but streamers right now are utilizing multiple camera angles, whether they're gaming or they're artists, you know, they have top-down views, they have one camera, two cameras. There's a way of connecting with their audience live, which is really compelling. So there's a lot of companies out there that are trying to make these ways of doing that less foreboding and software heavy and more based off of pieces of equipment that you can get that do a lot of the legwork for you. So what we're doing right now is feeding a bunch of HDMI information. So how do you do that? Well, we have a switcher, which is called the ATEM Mini Pro. And this device is fantastic because it takes all of that visual and audio information and distills it into one piece of equipment. So with Todd's setup, we have two cameras, which are Sony cameras, that are capturing his video. And that's being fed into the ATEM Mini Pro. We also have an XLR microphone, which is the Shure SM7B. We also have a USB microphone, just in case he needs a backup, which is the Blue Yeti. I recommend both those mics. If you're looking for something that's more cost efficient, you can stick with the USB mic. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to level up your audio game and take it to the next level, you can't go wrong with the Shure SM7B. It's a fantastic podcast level quality microphone. So we have the Shure connected to an audio board. That audio board is then also fed into the ATEM Mini Pro via the headphone jack. So you're taking all these complicated things and you're distilling it down, like I said, into one source. Now this ATEM Mini Pro is then being outputted to a computer, which then is also being fed into a 
preview monitors. So Todd can see himself on all these different cameras before he goes live. He can make sure that everything looks good. Um, and then from the ATEM, you can either stream directly from that source or you can use open broadcasting software like XSplit or OBS, um, which is a whole nother topic in of itself. But what this allows you to do is create what we call macros, which is basically making really complicated items and patterns and button configurations and distill it down into just one option, one click, one button. So to make that process even easier, we got what's called a stream deck. Now this is made by Elgato. And I brought up like streamers before because the stream deck has been utilized for this particular category of entertainers for so long. And now it's starting to get into hands of people that want to do these webinars and presentations. So the stream deck is a fantastic tool. They've got a mini, which I believe only has like four buttons. They've got the standard, which has pretty much the amount of buttons that you would need for any practical use. And then they have like the extreme version, which is <laughs> like as wide as a keyboard. So there's multiple versions of this that you can use. Um, but you can also get a companion app that lets the stream deck speak to the A10 mini. Now, I bring this up because you can also use the Stream Deck for all sorts of different purposes to level up your game. So if you just want to have like one piece of equipment that helps you transition between different scenes, different video sources, audio sources, the Stream Deck is a fantastic first level up tool to help you reach that level. All right. So now the way we use it, and that was awesome, really, really helped me explain to the audience how we're using this. But when I'm here standing at my desk giving a presentation. I've got two cameras in front of me. Those two cameras are just above my preview monitor. Behind those two cameras is another monitor, which I'll get to in a moment. The preview monitor that's below the cameras allows me to see the view of each of the cameras. One's a close-up, so one's a zoom, one's a wide angle, and it also has on another one of the cameras my slides and then my slides and my zoom camera. And so I've got, th I've got four different basically uh, views that the audience can see. And with my left hand, I've got this like stream deck. It's like a switcher and it allows me to switch between the four different cameras. So while I'm going through my slides, I'm also with my left hand switching between what I want the audience to see. Like I'm producing a live television show like you would expect to have somebody do in a booth selecting the camera angles. I'm doing that with my left hand. And in my right hand, I've got my slide clicker and I'm clicking through the slides and the different bullet points that are popping up. Oh, what's funny, Chad, is when you guys switched brought this setup from the old office down into this new space. You guys switched the right and left side. So when, it was so funny. <laughs> so when I got here the first time to use it, I was like, I, it was like, it was like driving with the opposite foot, you know, like it didn't make sense to me. I had to flip things back around because it would be learning it all over again. And then when I think of the, the two cameras, Behind those two cameras is another monitor that Chad and his team put up there for me, which allows me in the same focal line as the cameras to see the audience's reaction in Zoom, right? Super cool. Yeah. So 
to kind of talk to your point about the experience factor, because you can have all the technology in the world, but what it really comes down to is being able to engage with the audience. So you don't want this technology to be in the way. You want this to feel like a natural extension of what you're already doing. So the placement of the cameras is super important. The placement of the preview monitor, as well as the audience monitor is super important. So it's all about finding ways to make technology work for you, not against you. And I even see on your stream deck, you put like these little, these little tack on buttons. So tact, you know, tactilely, I think is the word I want to use, (laughs) will help your brain just instantly switch. And I've seen you do it so naturally, almost out the gates, whereas some people like it, there's almost that little mid interruption as your brain's trying to not only be a storyteller, but also be a technician at the same time. So it's really, it's really about finding these pieces of technology that not only up your game, but also feel like a natural extension of something you're already doing. Yeah, It's funny that you noticed that I got some sticker rhinestones and they gave me, I got this huge long sheet of these. And what I think's great about it is you know, there's a bunch of buttons on this stream deck that I can switch between, but I really only have two buttons that are, that have little sticker rhinestones on them. And what that lets me know is where I am on this thing. And so like a piano player, I can find those two buttons and then operate off of it. But the trick is you're going to want to practice before you go live. You're going to want to get that, the feeling of how to use the equipment and there's a Tony Robbins saying that's perfect for this is you will be rewarded in public for that which you practice and refine intensely in private. And so like Chad had mentioned, one of the things that I do is I practice this. So when it's game time, it feels effortless and I don't have to search for the words while I'm feeling for the buttons in my left hand. Everything just kind of comes together. Talk to me about the Elgato lights that we have and then talk to me about the Bluetooth connections, how they get set up. Yeah, I love these. Well, of course, I love I said, these talk lights. To me about this, I'm talking went, to you. He went like this. He goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which is like tech way of saying I love it. Yes, uh, these lights are fantastic and they're priced really well for what they can produce. Lighting is so drastically important. Um, if you have bad lighting, it doesn't matter how great of a camera you have. Bad lighting is going to be bad lighting. And there's only so much information a camera can capture if there's bad lighting involved. So we have two Elgato key lights. Now they make two different versions of these. There's the standard, which are a little bit larger and can put out a larger um, volume of light. And then they have the airs. Now, both of these are, are good for their purposes. I like the standard ones just because if you only can purchase one, it'll work just fine. We have two just to make sure that the lighting is even across you know, your face. So the, we have two key lights and those can be controlled a number of different ways, but they're primarily using Bluetooth connectivity. And they have a companion app, which you can get for mobile. Not, it doesn't matter if it's Android or if it's an iPhone, they've got both. Um, but you can also, speaking of the Stream Deck, sync them up because they're all made by the same developer. You can sync them up with your stream deck and be able to control not only how much light they're outputting, but also if they're running cool or if they're running warm, I mean, color temperature wise, not literal temperature wise, so that they can match whatever environments lighting that you have. So I can't, I can't stress enough how awesome these lights are and how much I highly recommend them because again, they're affordable, they're practical and they're versatile. 
All right, so I love the lights. I've never shared this story with you, I don't think, but when in the office one day, Jordan Harrell, who's on our strategy team, he's a senior strategist here at Wirebuzz, was at my standing desk where I do my presentations. And I was in the other side of the room at the at the desk, and at the desk, I was on a Zoom with one of the members of the Wirebuzz team, Sydney. What's up, Sid? Hey, by the way, Sid uh, edits this podcast. So I was on with Sid, and Jordan was at the desk, and, and I said to Sid, I, I sent her a little text that said, hey, um, I'm going to screw with Jordan a little bit. So just watch this. I'll turn the lights on and turn them off remotely with the Bluetooth and we'll play with Jordan. So Jordan, whenever Jordan put his hands on the desk, <laughs> I turned the lights on. And when he took his hands off the desk, I turned the lights off. And for 10, maybe 15 minutes, Sid and I could not stop laughing because Jordan got underneath the desk to try to, <laughs> to try to problem solve it. And it was just an, we had, it was a total wasted meeting, but it was worth playing with Jordan. Now, the other thing I want to mention is about eyeline. Eyeline is crucial. You might've heard me say a moment ago that the, there's a monitor below the camera and a monitor behind the camera. And the reason I want to bring this up is you don't want to do monitors from away from the camera on left or right. You want to do them above and below as close as possible to the cameras. And the reason is I want you to be thinking about your eyes always on the camera or as close to on the camera as possible. And your monitors are just there to give you a vibe of how the audience is reacting or what slides you're on and what view the audience is seeing. But the majority of your time should be in the camera lens, making eye contact and developing a relationship with your audience. Now, if you can do this, you're gonna hit a home run. The easiest way is to line up your monitors and to keep everything in the same horizontal plane. And that's the way your audience will feel like you're making a heart-to-heart -heart connection with them. Now, Chad, I know that um, this whole setup right here, this is going to sound like a weird business owner question, but can you give me an idea what it costs? Because you can you can be – he's grabbing his phone. Is it, I'm putting you on the spot. You are. Well, can you just average with me for people to know? I'm just going to look up one thing. Okay. Because that will help me give you – All right, all right. All right, so I totally put Chad on the spot, which is what, you know – I guess, which is what I'm supposed to do in this podcast episode. But what do you think? What does this roughly cost uh, all of these items together? So the only reason I wanted to look up because all <laughs> because of the world that we live in currently, yeah. a lot of the this tech has fluctuated in price. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. And we purchased ours before COVID. Yes. And then some of the upgrades afterwards were difficult and we had to get on waiting lists and just wait for them to go up and then immediately purchase them. So the ATEM Mini is probably going to be your most expensive upgrade, which is the basically what's controlling everything. Um, those are priced around $500 to $600. The Elgato lights are going to be around 100 to 150, depending on which version of them you get. Now, the, the cameras... I know what these are. Yeah, the cameras... They're like 850 each, yeah. $850 each. But you know what's a really great resource is going on places like eBay or Macari or OfferUp because there's a lot of photographers that aren't using their cameras anymore. And a lot of standard cameras that you think are just used for photography are actually 
perfectly usable for video cameras. In fact, that's what we're doing. Um, Sony's a great brand to go with for that. I can't recommend them enough. Um, let's see, what else? The Stream Deck, probably another 100. Um, and then the microphones, depending on what you want to do, USB for the Blue Yetis, they're like 120, 150. But the Shure SM7Bs, you're probably looking at around $400 for those. But again, each of these is an additional layer of investment. And it's not like you got to do this all at once. Like you can just slowly build up things over time and just purchase the next thing and the next thing. And that's also a great way to get familiarized with each piece of equipment rather than bombarding yourself with everything all that all at once. So it's really up to you and what you're comfortable with. If you're a tech savvy person, you'd be like, I need everything now. And I want to make sure that it's all linked up and working totally viable. Um, but also the upgrade system, like, you know, maybe you don't need a camera that outputs at 4k and 60 FPS. Maybe you can get something that just does 1080p at 30 FPS and then just level up your game over time. Any improvement is going to be an improvement. So don't feel like, oh, you need to have the best of the best right away because, and Todd speaks of this in volumes, it's more about the message and your connection to the audience. And the tech is just giving them a, a clear picture of you visually and audit audibly of that message you know when i got to the tony robbins virtual studio that's the code name is zoomzilla <laughs> because you can see like twenty thousand zoom cameras and i was and i had to bring my slides on a portable drive and hand it off to the person who's going to be um who's going to make sure the slides are on the screen for me and i you know me i run my own slides yeah. and and that's rare for speakers, but that's just something I do. But I noticed that they had the same exact setup that they were using on a massive scale that we have here. And it was fun to see our equipment in their massive studio and uh, just kind of told me that we were on the right path. And it was exciting to see that you guided us in the right direction. He's Chad Stafford. He's Wirebuzz's post-production supervisor. Hey, Animation. Mm -hmm. You're working on a lot of animation yes. projects right now. Um, a lot of live action that we're editing. Can you give me a basic idea like you had discussed with me at lunch without mentioning the client's name? Can you just talk to me about this animation project you're working on right now? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of animation, it's... It's fun because you have to be sort of versatile because it's not only just about the story that you're trying to tell, it's about the output. It's about where, where it's going to exist and how it needs to be editable for the future. So that's say, for example, maybe messaging is updated or upgraded within a year or so. So a lot of the animations I'm working on right now are taking client work that we've already previously done and modifying it and making it new for this day and age as messaging, at least in terms of the clientele. So right now I'm working on a couple of animations and we're doing English ups up and we're doing English updates to them. We're doing Spanish updates to them. We're doing different captionings, different language, which is fun when it comes to animation because you you might just think, oh yeah, I just drop in the new VO track, but different languages take different times to get out the same messaging. So suddenly you're having to alter scenes, make them longer, make them shorter. And if it's a character animation, sometimes that character might have to have an extra step in their walk cycle or have to have an extra gesture with their arm movement. So it's fun to have those challenges and making animations versatile enough and modifiable, you know, and thinking farther ahead than just say, oh, I'm, you know, this is content locked. 
you never want to be in a situation where suddenly you have to like break apart pre-existing builds and rigs of characters to make them suitable for that modification. With with film, it's a little bit easier, you know? There's always that little extra second worth of video that maybe you cut to make the timing a little bit smoother, but there's always that ability to either time things out differently because there's always more footage to work with, hopefully. Uh, but with animation, it can be a little bit trickier, but I always like the challenge. Speaking of challenges, Chad Stafford is so good, his animation characters can speak unlimited numbers of languages. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it's so true. Hey, if you're looking to figure out how you can get next level with your business, you want to start selling remotely, I've got 20 minutes of free learning for you that you can get access to on the Wirebuzz website. Wirebuzz.com forward slash remote dash sales is where you go. For that learning, you don't even have to enter your email to get access to it. It is on demand when you're ready to learn. And if you need some Todd coaching, feel free to reach out to me at toddhartley.com. On behalf of Chad Stafford and myself and the rest of the Wirebuzz crew, we wish you continued success as you pioneer your way through the remote selling world. Peace.